Thank you, Dr. Bartos, for being here with us this evening. Thank you. Uh, in your book, Democracy for Realists, you and co-author Christopher Aiken argue that people primarily vote their social, religious, and political identities, not their ideas or policy preferences. How does this affect the kind of candidates chosen in American primaries? Well, it means that candidates have to figure out some way to connect with a large number of people. And one way they do that is through direct co-affiliation. So we see, for example, that people are more likely to vote for a candidate of the same race or the same religion or from the same part of a state. Um, and so people have to start with those connections, but then to be a successful politician, to build out from those to include a wider range of people. And so good politicians are people who can connect with a wide swath of the community in a variety of ways. Uh, if, as you suggest, voters are not especially adept to, at choosing the best candidates in primaries, could we assume that they at least do a good job of voting for or against incumbents based on the, the incumbent's performance? Well, that's mostly what they focus on in general elections, is especially at the presidential level, how well they think the country is doing under the current incumbent. And that makes some sense. The problem is that they're often not very good at doing it. So, for example, they focus a lot on the economy because the economy is in the news and there's a lot of information floating around about whether the gross national product or the value of the stock market is higher or lower than it had been. Mm -hmm. But mostly when they do that, they focus on the very immediate present and, and, and just the last few months before the election. And so there's a lot of randomness in the evaluations okay. that they arrive at. They are likely to reelect the incumbents if things are going well in the immediate run up to the election, even if most of the term didn't go very well. And on the other hand, if the economy is doing well for most of the president's term and then tanks just in the months before the election, the incumbent's pretty likely to get voted out of office. So that part doesn't make much sense. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, pretty irrational. Um, for a lot of people, wealth and politics go hand in hand. How do we ensure that wealthy individuals or well-funded PACs or lobbyists don't exercise too much influence in a de democratic process? Well, I think that's really one of the hardest problems for any democracy, and it's not one that we really are very successful at suggesting solutions for. Um, some of the subsequent work that I've done has focused on lots of other democracies. People have found um, that in the U.S. policies are much more responsive to the preferences of affluent people to than to the preferences of poor people. Mm -hmm. and. The speculations about why that is often are very focused on the U.S. So um, people focus on the details of our campaign finance system or the role of corporations or the specific structure of American political institutions. But it turns out that in other countries that don't have those same institutions or mm -hmm. those same systems, the pattern looks very much the same, that uh, regardless of exactly how the institutions are structured, affluent people seem to have much more political influence than poor people do. And so it may be that that's a fundamental problem for all democracies to wrestle with all the time. To kind of offset the, the wealth in politics or the irrationality of, of voters, uh, what other reforms might help American voters select presidents who are best suited for the job? 
Well, I think a lot depends on political elites of one kind or another. In the case of presidential nominations, um, I think they've been opened up too much and primary voters who are often voting for or against candidates that they really don't know very well um, can sometimes make mistakes. I think it's important for the leaders of groups who help people connect to the political system in that way to play a role in winnowing the field and evaluating potential presidents or potential elected officials and providing people with the kind of advice that would be helpful to them. So if you're the leader of a group that I consider myself a member of, mm -hmm. um, I'm likely to trust your sense about whether a political leader is likely to be good or bad for our group and that right. can be really helpful to me. Right. I think what we need is a system in which voters have reliable information sources for mm -hmm. the judgments that they do have to make and also a system in which we don't expect voters to be able to weigh in on the details of every policy but rather understand that political elites are the ones who are going to have the time and the attentiveness to be able to decide important matters.